Welcome to Self-Styled Life, the podcast designed to support professional women to aim high in their careers and create lives that are way beyond just fine. I'm Janelle Wiesack, a certified life and style coach. I also happen to have 30 years experience and counting in the corporate world. I've learned a thing or two over the years and today I support my clients to create tailor-made self-styled lives which they do using my signature framework that intentionally combines clarity, mindset and action. In these episodes I'll be sharing the concepts, tools and techniques to help you get clear and confident about the career and life you want, dance with your self-doubt and take the next step towards your dreams and goals. These same approaches have supported my clients to create incredible change in their lives My clients have tapped into their strengths, built their self-belief, and learned to live life their way. And now, it's your turn. You deserve more than a life that's fine. You deserve true fulfillment and days that feel fabulous. You deserve your very own self-styled life. Hello, hello, fabulous humans, and welcome to this week's episode of Self-Styled Life. I hope you're having the most magical day today. As I'm recording this, I am very much on the countdown for our trip to France. In fact, I think this episode will go live while we're actually in France. It's safe to say that I'm super excited about this upcoming vacation. We've not been on French soil since November 2019, so before the pandemic, and I'm super curious to see what's changed and what stayed the same. I'm also interested to discover whether Scotty and I have completely lost the knack for travel. We used to travel to France at least once a year, and now it's almost three years since we've had to sort ourselves out on an international flight. I'm slightly concerned that all of my travel skills will have deserted me, and I'll be a fumbling mess trying to get through the airport security. Only time will tell, I guess, but I'll be sure to let you know how I go. And if you're keen to follow along on our trip, you can do so via Instagram. We'll be sharing all of the things on at Distant Francophile. And of course, I'll be sharing updates on my coaching account, which you can find at Janelle.Wiesack. Okay, well, that's enough about my upcoming travels. Time to get on to today's podcast topic, which is all about curation and why curation is so essential to self-styling your life. If you've listened into this podcast for any time at all, you'll know that my self-styled life framework focuses on clarity, mindset, and action. And when I talk about clarity, it's really about getting clear on what you want. And when you start really refining what you want in your life, well, that's when we start getting into the art of curation. I think of curation as a really sophisticated form of clarity. And when it comes to describing curation, I'm inspired by designers like the fabulous Melissa Penfold, who wrote, everything that surrounds you affects you, so surround yourself only with things you love. Now, I can almost hear you asking, what are all of these things, in inverted commas, that you're talking about here, Janelle? Well, the truth is, it pays to curate almost everything in your life. I'm thinking about everything from the people you spend time with, the things in your home, the tasks you take on, the clothes in your wardrobe, and things like the books you read, the shows you watch, and your social media feeds. Imagine if everything you let into your life was something you absolutely loved. How different would you feel about your day and the world around you? 
I'm thinking that you'd feel uplifted and energised and excited to be alive. And before you start shaking your head saying that you couldn't be so intentional as to only be surrounded by the things you love, know that you can, and that myself and many of my clients have done exactly that. Yes, it can take time. Yes, it takes making the decision to do so over and over again. Sometimes it takes tough conversations. And yes, sometimes you'll still find yourself watching some mindless thing on YouTube. But every move you make towards curating your life is a step in the direction of a life that feels unique and fulfilling for you. The trick is to decide you want a curated life in the first place and start refining from there. So I rattled off some of the things you might like to curate a little earlier. Now it's time to pick up a few of those areas and look at the how. Why don't we just dive in with the biggie, the humans in our lives. Who we mix with, work with and play with has a huge impact on how we show up in our lives. Surrounding yourself with positive, fun and inspiring people as often as you can means that you are living in a positive, fun and inspiring environment. We've all heard the adage that we're the reflection of the five people we spend the most time with. And if that's true, then spending time with people who uplift you and bring out the absolute best in you becomes incredibly important. Many people think that making friends as an adult is difficult, but I've not found that to be true. My entire friendship group today comes from people that I've met later in life. And you can find your people by prioritising and showing up for activities that you love. I found my people at work, in coaching programs, in French lessons, in writing classes, and through my creative outlet, Distant Francophile. And my clients have found their people through new sports and new hobbies, cooking classes, formal education, and their children's activities, just to name a few. Bringing new, uplifting people in your life can be easy when you're following the things that light you up. By now, I'm guessing that you're thinking, well, that's all very well and good to know where to find new people, Janelle. But what do I do with the ones I've already got? Especially the ones that don't bring out the best in me and who also happen to be my family or that I work with. And yes, that is the million dollar question, isn't it? Curating your humans isn't always as easy as some of the other life areas that we'll discuss later. We can't just start ghosting anyone and everyone who brings us down. But we can consciously limit contact. We don't have to spend stacks of time with negative people. We can set things up so that we're in charge of time frames. We can advocate for ourselves. And this doesn't have to be in a combative way. Not every difficult conversation has to involve conflict. We can push back with grace and humour. Remember, we teach people how to treat us. And we can hold true on our boundaries. If you're someone who'd like extra support with your boundaries, make sure you head to the resource room where I've shared a whole stack of free resources to help you understand and employ boundaries more effectively. These resources even include a replay of my Boundaries Masterclass, which has received so much positive feedback. Just head to the resource room at janellewiesack.com to learn more. Okay, I think I'll head to curating your to-do list next. It comes as a huge surprise to many of the women that I coach that we even have an option to curate our to-do lists. Women often find themselves in a place where they feel like they just have to do it all. They don't even question it. Every household chore is on their list 
as is cooking for every school bake sale, or they feel that they've got to reply to every email or attend every meeting someone invites them to. And exerting this sort of energy tends to lead to one thing, and that's burnout. If you're wondering if you might be on the road to burnout or potentially already there, then make sure you listen to the last episode, which was episode 25, where I speak to four of the signs of burnout and what you might do about them. But curating your to-do list is one way to bring joy rather than exhaustion and burnout into your life. The model I recommend to my clients when they want a more joyful to-do list is the well-known 3Ds model. The Ds stand for delete, delegate and do. There's also a 4Ds version of the model where the Ds are delete, delegate, defer and do, but I've always struggled with the defer step because it can feel like procrastination to some women or it brings out anxiety in others as they kick the can down the road. So we'll just look at the 3Ds today. For each item on your daily or weekly to-do list, take a moment to consider whether it's something that truly brings you joy to do. If it does it gets to stay on the list because you love doing it. For anything that you don't love doing, then you need to decide if it really needs to be done. If the answer is no, or if it's on the list because you think you should do it, then consider deleting it. And if you can't delete it because it's actually something that needs to be done and you don't love it, then work out who you can delegate it to. For the work context, is there any colleague who just loves some of the stuff that's in your day job that you can delegate to? And on the home or business context, is there someone you can pay to do the job for you? And before you decide the thing will have to be done by you because you can't afford to outsource it, I ask you to stop for a moment and see if there's any money that you're spending to reward yourself or to cheer yourself up after doing tasks that you really dislike doing. My clients often find they increase joy and save money via outsourcing because they don't need as much retail therapy or as many treats, like meals out, when they're not completely exhausted by doing jobs that could be delegated elsewhere. Now just one more thing before I move on here. If you're looking at your to-do list and your day job and saying, ooh, I don't love this thing, but I obviously can't delete or delegate my day job, it's time to have a really good look at your next career move. Okay, so let's move on now to where I began curating my own life, which, thanks to my style coaching studies, was my wardrobe. Let's start by noting that a curated wardrobe is quite different to a capsule wardrobe. General internet wisdom informs us that a capsule wardrobe requires you to limit the number of pieces you can choose from. Personally, I've never quite mastered the capsule wardrobe. The curated wardrobe, on the other hand, doesn't look to dictate a set amount of items at your disposal. Rather, when you curate your wardrobe, you edit and add to your wardrobe until you eventually get to a place where every piece plays well with others and delights you with a smorgasbord of choices. And because you love every piece in that wardrobe, Getting dressed every day becomes a pleasure, something that can be really fun. I've shared more than once on the podcast the link I see between your daily style and your confidence, so I won't go into it again. But know that when you walk out the door feeling good about your outfit, you set yourself up for a positive day ahead. If you'd like to start curating your own wardrobe, I have three tips for you. 
The first is to stick to a colour palette that suits you. Doing this gives you the opportunity to mix and match items and it not only cuts down on orphan clothing but also increases the amount of wear your clothing's likely to get. My second tip I've kind of already mentioned and that's to only buy clothing you adore. Please don't compromise on yourself here and buy clothes that only make you feel so-so because you think you need something new. If you don't absolutely love a piece when you're buying it, it's likely to remain unloved and unworn in your cupboard. My third tip is to invest wisely. There's nothing worse than falling in love with a piece of clothing only to have it pill or worse fall apart at the seams. Investing in quality is a must for building a curated wardrobe. Not only would you be more likely to get years of wear from your wardrobe, generally speaking your clothing will just look better on you. And remember that quality doesn't necessarily equate to expensive. Get into the habit of checking seams and buttons and learning about fabrics. These things point to quality ahead of price tags. And if you're looking to clear out the clothes you've already got, ask yourself these questions. They're the questions I use for my quick and easy wardrobe cleanse. Question 1. Do I love the item and does it make me feel fabulous when I wear it? Question 2. Is the item still in good repair? If not, can it be easily spruced up? Question 3. Does it suit my lifestyle? Question 4. Would I buy it again if I saw it in a shop? Question 5. Does it suit my shape and my colouring? Question 6. Does it fit perfectly or could it be tailored to fit perfectly? And finally, question 7. Have I worn it in the past 12 months? If the answer is no to more than one of these questions, I suggest you immediately exit the item from your wardrobe. You can apply the same thinking to curating your wardrobe when it comes to curating the items in your home. Often we just become so accustomed to the stuff we have, we don't even realise we've surrounded ourselves with things we no longer love or even need anymore. But many of us are reluctant to let go of the things in our home. I've found that this usually comes down to two mindsets. The first is our natural tendency to overvalue the things we've already spent money on. You might have heard of this mindset under the name of sunk cost bias. The other mindset is related to scarcity. You start thinking, I really shouldn't get rid of that thing. What if I ever need it again? This mindset encourages us to surround ourselves with things we don't love because of fear. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk into my home every night and see things that I'm keeping because I'm frightened. When it comes to removing items from your life so you're only living with things you love, you can ask similar questions to the ones I shared on wardrobe. You might like to try asking things like, do I love the item and does it make me smile when I look at it? Is the item still in good repair? Does the item suit my lifestyle? And would I buy it again if I saw it in a shop? Again, if you answer no to the questions above, you should think about why you continue to keep the thing in your world. Another part of your life that I highly recommend you curate are your feeds, namely your social media and news feeds. Most of us spend way more time on our screens than we realise. Sometimes that time is intentional, but often we use our screens quite unconsciously to soothe or distract us. But regardless of our level of intentionality, the outcome is the same. We are consuming content and it affects us. Stop for a minute and think about the reactions you might have when you are looking at a Facebook or Instagram feed or reading the news. 
depending on what we see, we might feel inspired, educated or enlightened. We might also feel jealous, outraged, depressed, concerned, angry, worthless or overwhelmed. This one is an extension of curating the people in your life, but it's often easier to deal with. It's worth curating your feeds and even your inbox to bring positivity and inspiration into your life. Put on your blinkers, develop tunnel vision and click the unfollow button whenever you realise that something or someone in your feed is making you feel less than fabulous. And if you find that the someone is a friend, family member or a colleague that you'd still like to support and you feel icky about unfollowing, then use the mute button. You'll still be following, but you'll only have to consume when you want to. Now one final thought. I said back in the intro to this episode that it really pays to curate every area of your life, but please don't take that to mean that you have to tackle every area at once. Can you imagine how overwhelming that might be? Feel free to take a slow and steady progress over perfection approach to your curation. Just choose one area and start playing with that. Then move on to the next area when you're ready. Also, it pays to recognise that curation can take time. You won't curate the people in your life. You won't change that friendship group, for instance, and you won't tidy up that to-do list overnight. Curation is more of a practice than a big bang event. And once you've got into the habit of curation, you'll find that it happens automatically. Okay, team, that's it for today. I really hope that you've taken some inspiration from today's episode and thought of some areas in your own life that you'd like to curate. Before I sign off, though, let me do a quick recap. Firstly, remember that curation is a refined form of clarity. Curation helps to bring the things you want into your life and at its heart is about surrounding yourself with things and people you love. Secondly, curation starts with a decision and it's an ongoing practice. But you need to decide you want a curated life in the first place. Next, remember that you can curate any area of your life but you don't have to curate them all at once. And finally, if you're struggling to let go of things in your life, there are a number of questions you can ask to help you decide if something should stay in your life. I'll be back real soon with more tips, strategies and whatnot in another episode of Self-Styled Life. But until then, stay fabulous. Mm -hmm.